Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Today on the podcast, we have Patrick Omois and Dr. Ron Mackey joins us again. And Dr. Mackey has been with us a few times. So Patrick, I'm going to start with you and just have you uh, introduce yourself and where you serve before we, we get in a little bit of an update from Ron if, uh, and let him share. So Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you're serving, what you're going to be uh, doing here in the near future for Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries. Yeah, like Dr. Abraham said, my name is uh, Patrick Omoa. I was born and raised in, in Africa, Kenya, uh, where I went to school. And uh, we were we are only two in my family. I mean, me and my elder brother, I'm Beyangi, so kind of spoil a little bit, but uh, that's okay. I uh, went to school there and uh, did my uh, high school, went to college. And the Lord was gracious enough to allow me and give me an opportunity to to also uh, go to a seminary for three years. And then after that, uh, um, lived there for a while and then uh, got open doors here. And I came to the United States. It's been now 20 years since I've been to the United States. I came to go to school and uh, God was gracious enough, gave me the opportunities to go to school. I started off uh, while going to school, you know, I had to uh, put bread on the table. So I started working um, in the uh, healthcare field. I started off as a CNA. Uh, for those who, are, who don't know what a CNA is, is a certified uh, nursing assistant. Uh, you kind of assist the nurse uh, in taking care of the resident or patients. And then uh, after that, I did a CMT, which is a, a certified medication technician, and that uh, entails uh, passing medication, uh, doing a, a small scripts and you know uh, just like uh, we call them treatments but they're not really invasive and after that um the lord opened doors again you know there was 9 11 and after a while there was a day i was sitting in my house just uh one of those days that i had a, a time off and i was watching the uh the 9 11 tv and uh, i saw people just falling down you know jumping and there was I was just, uh, I didn't know what to do, but in uh, this country has been very, very, very good to me. I thank God for, for this country. I've had opportunities that I've no, never had anywhere else. And I'm really grateful for that. And I was like, what can I do in return? So I decided I'm gonna join the army. I was quite kinda up there in my, in my age because I was already, uh, I joined the military by the way, and most people are surprised that I did join. I was already 40 years old when I joined the military, but uh, God is good. I was in good shape and I trained and trained and went there and uh, uh, the recruiter was like, are you sure you want to do this? I said, yes, I made up my mind. I want to do this. And I went through the physicals, tests and everything. And it came out that uh, I was okay. So I joined the military and uh, I served as a behavioral specialist for, for eight years. I worked with a psychiatrist. I worked with a psychologist just helping our veterans. Uh, I mean, at that time they were active duty, uh, just helping them with the coping. You know, war is, uh, is really damaging in a way, uh, whether you win or lose, war leaves you scarred. Hmm. So most of these veterans uh, coming back, at that time they were still active. They had a lot of issues that needed to be dealt with. Some of them just needed someone to, to vent, to talk to. And some of them needed to, 
to be taught new skills to adapt to the new environment because now they're coming from war and now they have to integrate in the society again, which is a different, different environment. But, uh, uh, and that's what I did until I came out, I uh, finished. Then I worked for the Johnson County in Kansas. There I worked with the developmentally and intellectually disabled. And most of them also have psych issues, developmental issues. Some of them, you know, they need uh, to be coached on day-to-day -day, um, ways of living and just uh, you know, make them to be functioning as much as they can. And uh, after that, I, I got my license as a nursing home administrator because doing all this, I was still going to school. And I had finished my master's uh, in uh, uh, health administration. So I decided, you know, let me do this so that I can, I can make a difference in the lives of people. Because as an administrator, you have a, a little bit of latitude. You can shift things a little bit than a nurse. A nurse, you know, the doctor writes a script. And most people maybe don't know this. Uh, in healthcare, uh, you cannot, in a facility, you cannot give a resident or a patient even Tylenol or Tums hmm. without a doctor's saying yes, okay, give. I know the reasons why, and, but some people be like, oh, we just do it at home. I feel some upset stomach and I just grab some Tums and all that. But hmm. in this field, you cannot. So it's like uh, you are tired. Everything he has to say yes. And I get it. I, I know the reason why, because Sometimes you may give and they have a, a, um, a condition that maybe counter-react with the medication without you knowing, because he, he knows the overall picture and you know this piece picture. So sure. I kind of get it why, so yes, sir. I'm married and uh, me and my wife, we have uh, seven total. Uh, we, uh, we have one girl and uh, six boys. And the last one is just in college now. Uh, he's a first year freshman. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you for giving us that update and introducing us to yourself, Patrick. Uh, Dr. Mackey, is there anything that you would like to update uh, the listening community on since uh, you, you were last on the podcast a few months ago? Sure. I, well, I'd, I'd like to point out that Patrick is one of the answers uh, to our prayers for new leadership at Smithville. And uh, I, I have to tell you, it is, a, it is an answer from God uh, to have Patrick be in that position and to have him come to that position with his experience as a nursing home administrator, but also as a, a military veteran. I think that that is key and very important to what we're trying to do uh, at Smithville. We also have a new administrator for our Adrian location. Uh, Ron Pence is actively working there, doing some of the same things that you are doing, Patrick, uh, cleaning up an old building that needed to be cleaned up. <laughs> and uh, we've also hired a new administrator for our Arcadia Valley uh, facility, Daniel Stiles, and he will be moving from Oklahoma uh, to the Arcadia Valley and will begin around the 1st of February. So with that, we have uh, our, our senior staff in place for all of our facilities that we've currently got. I, I would state that um, we almost weekly are receiving uh, calls uh, from folks who have potential facilities or property or, or some, some kind of uh, process whereby they would like to invite the Baptist home uh, to come to their area. I've been with the Baptist home for 21 years 
I have never in that time period seen this level of interest in people approaching the Baptist home, not just with, hey, you need to come to my town, but with, hey, you ought to come to our town. And by the way, here's a facility Hmm. that you can have for pennies on the dollar, or here's some property that we might consider donating. So it's a real blessing. Uh, It it is... um, it does uh, require a certain level of dexterity to figure it all out and keep it all in front of you. Uh, so we are, we are moving forward. And, and I heard somebody say last week at our board meeting about Dr. Harrison that if you're going to work with him, you need a seatbelt for the car. And I, I, would, <laughs> I would very much concur with that. So that's just kind of an update on, on where things are at. And, and Dr. Harrison's car, by the way, is a flying car. He's, he's living in the future, right? So no doubt. No doubt. Yes. yes. Okay, great. Well, you know, uh, as you just mentioned, Ron, uh, you, there are a few new facilities that are coming online that will be coming online. And Patrick, you are going to be the administrator for one of those in Smithville. As Dr. Mackey just mentioned a moment ago, you are, you have a unique aspect because you are you have both a healthcare background. You also have a veteran presence uh, from the military perspective. So why is this is for either one of you? But but Patrick, we'll start with you. Why is Smithville an important addition to the Baptist Home and Healthcare Ministry family of facilities? I would say it's important because I know um, the the Baptist homes that they you know they have they have been. Uh, reaching out and uh, and helping the veterans one way or another, but this one will be a home exclusively for veterans, and uh, that's a, that's a unique, a very very unique home because uh, in the state of Missouri we have just a few uh, veteran homes, and as you are aware, we have had all this of these walls, and uh, we have a lot of uh, people that need services. Mm-hmm. Most of them. The other day I was speaking to one that. Uh, uh, the dad had to wait for three years just to get in. And unfortunately, he got in and uh, didn't last for three months. I mean, wow. it's just ironic. But uh, that just tells you how there's demand for services to our veterans. And uh, this home just being a unique one, because this is where we we'll mostly deal with uh, veterans who have PTSD, uh, motor injury, and uh, such like, of course, we, we're gonna have some other mix in there because we don't just don't wanna have PTSD and uh, Moringer only. We're gonna have all inclusive, but they will exclusively be veterans. And so far, I don't know of any place uh, in, the, in the state of Missouri, a home that is exclusively for veterans apart from this one. And so we are excited about it. Uh, we will have a chapel. Um, most of the home don't have chapels and we have a, a full-time chaplain on board and especially for these guys who have had a PTSD and a more injury there's no greater need like for them to have a chaplain on board whom they can reach out and say maybe I'm feeling like this 24 hours and we will have chapel services we will have you know during even the course of the week we will still have services prayer meetings and also there will be accorded uh, opportunities for other uh, community services to come in, uh, groups like AA, because unfortunately people who suffer from PTSD and uh, more injuries, some of them kind of tend to self-medicate with uh, substance abuse, uh, maybe alcohol and stuff like that. And they need help, you know, just uh, 
with the mind and also with the, with the coping skills of that you don't need to use this to, to get well because it only makes it worse. So we will also incorporate the, the, you know, the community services. So I'm really excited about it. Ron, do you have anything further you'd like to add to that? Well, I, I would just like to add that at this campus, we are also looking at the idea of this being a church plant. There is a basement area that has a separate entrance. Uh, and so our campus pastor, our chaplain, will also serve uh, as the lead in this uh, church plant initiative that we have going on there. And I, and I think that's, that's really interesting because as the home will be focused on veterans care, I think there'll be a natural cultural outgrowth that this church plant will also focus on, on the veterans community. My, my son is an active military uh, personnel. He's in the Missouri National Guard. Uh, he spent five years in the uh, regular army uh, in the 82nd Airborne. And I am amazed that no matter where he goes, no matter what he does, there is this natural, innate ability on his part to find military personnel in whatever crowd he happens to be in. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but whether it's whether it's church or going out for dinner or, or whatever, it, it's just innate, you know. And so I, I think this this opportunity at Smith will 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 help us one reach out to the veterans community, which is deeply needed. Uh, but also help us reach out probably to that veteran community who doesn't need health care at this point in their life, but they do need uh, that spiritual uh, care. So it's, it's a great opportunity for us. And, and the building just laid itself out very uniquely uh, for that opportunity. Once you got past all the mess that was <laughs> on every surface everywhere in that building. So. We're going to talk about the, the cleanup and stuff in a minute, but, uh, Patrick, I want to I want to deflect where we were going for just a moment. You mentioned moral injury a few moments ago, and several months ago on the podcast, we had a, uh, a, a I believe he was a chaplain. I believe he's in the reserves right now in Missouri, and uh, we'll try to link to that in the show notes. I'll, I'll try to make that that note uh, for later. But for those who are maybe just joining listening to this podcast for the first time, could you just spend a couple of minutes uh, helping people to understand what moral injury is, if that's a, a term that's foreign to them? Yeah, moral injury is whereby you you are asked to do something that uh, uh, goes against your uh, deep belief. It could be spiritual, it could be uh, your upbringing, it goes against that. So there are people who kind of, for example, join the military and uh, they go out there and they do stuff that is required militarily, but it goes against their moral, uh, moral upbringing, either their church or, or the, just the way they were brought up. And that causes conflict in them. Mm-hmm. Some of them end up being feeling guilty. You know, yes, they did what they were asked to do, but it, it went against what their norm is, what they believe in. And it's not just about military, it could be any other setup, sure. but it, mostly this one is experience uh, pre- prevalently in the military, uh, veterans have that. So, so in a nutshell, that's how it is. More injuries, you do something that you is against your conviction, against your faith. But of course, it may be lawful, like you know, you're a soldier, and you have to go and uh, take out the bad guys. And in, the, in, in unfortunately, in the process, you end up 
killing a kid, maybe three years or five years. And yes, it was right. You had to do what you had to do, but you didn't envision that there will be what we call collateral damage, as people say. And that may, be, may live on with you all the rest of your life. And people will be wondering what's wrong with him. And those are some of the things that some people are not, they might not say. A lot of people suffering from more injuries, most of them sometimes don't even say. Sure, sure. Thank you for that. I think that will help, again, those who are uh, maybe new to that term overall. And, and again, I'll, we'll try to put something in the show notes that uh, people can go back and listen to that previous conversation uh, from, I believe, earlier in 2021. So, Patrick, Ron, uh, Ron, you've alluded a couple of times to the fact that we have uh, this new facility with the Baptist Homes, and there's some cleanup that needs to be happening, same in Adrian and whatnot. So, open to either one of you at this point, but what preparations are being made right now on the Smithville facility? What What is going on at Smithville to prepare for this, this influx of veteran residents in the future. Patrick, I'll defer to you. Okay, thank you, sir. <clears throat> I would say uh, we are really, uh, like he mentioned, you know, the place was a mess. You know, it was like, a, I think when they were closing, maybe it was just like a, a bell rang and everybody was told, stop what you're doing, out. You're done here, you're gone. So everything was just like left, you, you come in and, uh, and uh, uh, Dr. Harrison was saying the other day, it was like a rapture happened here. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that was, that's what he said. I, I laughed about it. <laughs> rapture happened here because everything was just left the way it is. You know, plates, you know, paperwork. Even, even right now, I got some paperwork here that should, shouldn't be here because some of them are medical records, you know, and uh, I had to kind of take care of that to do any cleanup. But we are progressing very well. And to say the truth, the, the community has been very impressive. Even the church community, we have had volunteers here over and over and over. And they come and work and work and work. We are almost there. We have done a lot. We stripped the ceiling. We have stripped the rooms. And there's just a few here and there stuff that's remaining. But we are almost there. And the, the place, you know, is going to be... It was, a, it was more than 100, licensed for more than 100, but we are going to bring it down to around 40, 43, 45 there, total. Uh, the plans are still being tweaked by the uh, architect, so uh, I don't know exactly what the, the, the number is going to be finally, but we are looking at around 43, 45 out of uh, more than 100. So some of the rooms, the walls will be, have to be torn down, uh, some things being rearranged here and there, because we want to make this a home that where the, the veterans will come and feel at home. Hmm. Previously, they were staying two per room, and you, you can understand. Some of us, you know, we we have a two-bedroom house, one-bedroom house, three-bedroom house, and garage, and, and man cave, and all, all that. And now you, you are brought and squeezed in one room, two of you, mm -hmm. and you only have your own section. Uh, Mikey there maybe likes the Royals, or uh, I know he likes that. Uh, uh, which, uh, that What's your team in uh, St. Louis, uh, brother Ron? Oh, the, the Cardinals. Yes, yes the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> he likes the Cardinals playing, and maybe I like the Chiefs playing. And he cranks up his TV. I crank my TV. And then in the end, we, we almost, uh, are, because it's one room. So you can mm -hmm. see it's a, it's, a, it's a dignity issue. It's mm -hmm. really a dignity issue because, you know, I mean, 
people should not live like that. I get it. Sometimes people look at the bottom line, you know, let's squeeze them more so that we can make more out of it. But the Baptist home is a unique. What they're doing is they're looking at the making the veterans comfortable, making them like to, to be here. You know, they come in, they're in their own room, their own privacy. If they want to pump up the volume, they you know, whatever they, they want to do. And so that and, and, and that's important. They have given so much for, the, for, 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 for us. That's right. So let's at least give a token back to them. That's right. Very good. Thank you for joining us today. In the next episode, I will continue the conversation with Patrick Omwa and Dr. Ron Mackey as we talk about the new care facility in Smithville, Missouri that will be opened hopefully next year. Biblical Perspectives on Aging is brought to you by Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, a ministry committed to setting a Christ-like standard of care for the aging. For more information, go to thebaptisthome.org. That's all one word, thebaptisthome.org. Together, we can be the voice for the aging. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome.org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.